Hello, I'm Joanna Roach from the Mariah Mitchell Association, and you are listening to The Nature of Nantucket. I'm here today with Captain Dan Birch, a USN retired, is a formal naval flight officer and astronaut. He completed four missions to space, including a 196-day mission to the International Space Station from December 2001 to June 2002 as a flight engineer on Expedition 4. He graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy in 1979 and the U.S. Naval Test Pilot School in 1984 and the Naval Postgraduate School in 1991. And he grew up in the Northeast and spent his summers coming to Nantucket. His hobbies include working on cars, fixing anything, and weaving light ship baskets. He (laughs) retired from the Aerospace Corporation in September 2019. Dan, welcome and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Joanna. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I um, was so excited to meet you, uh, mostly because you're a real-life astronaut, (laughs) and you don't really come across those every day on Nantucket, now do you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your Nantucket story? Like, when did you start coming here? And and clearly you kept coming back. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll go back to my to my grandmother on my dad's side. Um, so she, uh, my my grandmother, um, and I, I called her Deary. That was her. That was her um, her grandma name. And so Deary had been coming to Nantucket. She had an aunt that that owned uh, Casa Marina in um, in Sconset. and so. Uh, she had been coming probably since, you know, in the fifties, uh, probably. And then, and, um, and then my mom and dad, um, started, started coming. They, they worked, uh, on Nantucket in the summers. I believe my dad worked at the, uh, Sankety Beach, uh, Sankety, um, uh, beach club. And, uh, it looked like really tough duty at the time. And my mom, I think was, uh, was an au pair. Uh, for a couple of years, uh, she worked on the island, and and so they they both went to school in the Northeast, um, and then uh, eventually we started coming, uh, probably in the mid '60s, uh, probably when I was in grade school. I started uh, we started coming uh, when I guess my grandmother deemed that we were old enough to to be able to be trusted in the cottage. So so we we started coming in the in the mid '60s, and then. Um, Probably the mid seventies, um, uh, my grandmother, uh, you know, gave my my dad and his uh, and his brother, my uncle, uh, the option to either take over Cas Marina or to sell it. And at the time, um, uh, they they couldn't agree. My my parents wanted to, wanted to stay, but um, anyways, uh, so they ended up selling Cas Marina at the time for probably on the order of like sixty five thousand dollars. Any of the real estate agents are probably. Her mouth are are, are are wide open right now, but anyways, um, so my parents took the money and then built uh, our our place in in Tom Nevers uh, in uh, the late seventies, and we've we've still been going there almost every year. Um, you know, in between uh, when I when I was either on the planet or not on a naval deployment, uh, we would come to Nantucket usually on a week or two at a time. And um, so that's kind of the, the story of, of how of our family uh, on Nantucket. And we love we absolutely love going there. And then I'm sure at some point you started bringing your children. Right, right. So probably, uh, let's see, probably in the um, uh, late 
uh, late eighties. Uh, my eldest daughter was born in, in 85. So, um, and, uh, it's her birthday in three days. So happy birthday, Emily. And, um, and then, uh, other kids, uh, in, in the nineties. And, uh, so they haven't quite uh, made it every year, uh, but they love, uh, coming there as well. Wow. That's great. That's great. And now maybe share with us a little bit about your path to becoming an astronaut. What does that what does that look like? Yeah. So um, uh, a lot of people think that you have to be a pilot. They, they think that you have to be a, um, in the military. They, they uh, I know now you, they don't believe that you have to be a, a male to be an astronaut. In fact, the last class selected, almost half of the astronauts selected were female, which is which is where it should be. And um so uh, basically, the requirement is is to have uh, some type of. I think NASA prefers a technical technical degree or um, or a uh, if in in medical field to, to, for you to, uh, to be a doctor. Um, and recently, they put on the requirement to, that you have to have a, a, a master's uh, degree. When I applied, it wasn't required, but I had just finished a master's degree, and and so. Um, that's the basic requirement, and you you start applying. Um, I started applying in 1984 um, uh, while I was still at the Navy. They call it the Naval Test Pilot School, but they also take uh, flight engineers and and um, and uh, naval flight officers like myself to go through the school, and and that's when I started applying. And um, and each time I made it a little bit closer. Um, the Challenger accident happened, and, and then they didn't have a selection for uh, for a few years. But um, I was just persistent, and finally uh, interviewed in in 1989 and was selected for the the class of 1990. So um, persistence uh, uh, paid off. Paid off. Now, when you were a young child, did you did you think this was what you wanted to do? Like, where did you get the sort of inspiration for this i for this career path? Yeah, so it's a good question. And everybody, if you ask uh, uh, all the astronauts, they all have probably a similar story, but but they're they're yet they're different. Um, I know some other astronauts that have that had known since they were three years old that they wanted to be an astronaut. I really didn't um, think about it till I was about uh, 12 years old and I was at a summer camp and uh, we, it was a tough summer camp. No TV, I guess, uh, back back where I was. And uh, so I remember listening um, uh, uh, when we first landed on the moon with Apollo 11 in 19. 1969 and uh thinking that wow that would be that would be really neat to do that of course i knew very little other than i knew it was just incredible people couldn't believe that you know in such a short period of time basically in eight years from when our when we first sent a human up in space and in only eight years we ended up landing on the moon but that's when i first kind of caught the bug and then um really didn't think about it until uh in, I was in the Navy and um, I was a navigator and, and uh, went to uh, the Naval Test Pilot School and found out that many other people with similar backgrounds had become astronauts. Again, you don't have to be in the military to be an astronaut. It was just my path to get there. And so my specialty was uh, evaluating and, and testing um, uh, equipment um, that uh, fly in, in spacecraft and, and on airplanes. And so uh, that's when I first uh, um, 
got interested and started applying in, in like I said, in 1984. And, and six years later, I think they were just tired of seeing my applications. So they said, well, if we, if we, if, if we accept him, then we don't have to read his application anymore. <laughs> I doubt that, Dan. Okay. <laughs> I doubt that. And what was, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience also at the Navy, because that really does seem to be um, a super interesting part of your background. Test yeah. pilot. Yeah, so, so we, um, like uh, Top Gun. as far as my family, <laughs> as far as experience in the Navy, my grandfather, my mom's uh, dad was a paymaster in World War One. And um, I remember visiting and, and, you know, as kids, you go to your grandparents' house and one of the f- um, most favorite things I remember doing was was kind of going around in their closets and looking for stuff, you know, of a, and I, I saw old uniforms, I saw his uh, Navy sword and that would, and I eventually asked him questions about it. I also had an uncle um, uh, that was a, uh, um, uh, that was uh, that served in the Navy and and just asked a lot of questions. And, and that's kind of um, it wasn't something that I really decided until I was probably a junior or or early um, you know, senior uh, in high school. And I just asked a lot of questions. I ended, I ended up um, uh, talking with a friend of mine. Uh, her dad uh, went to the Naval Academy and it was a conversation that that started a five minute conversation that, that grew into an hour and a half. And and he just told me about his experience at the Naval Academy. And, and that's kind of how I got there. I really didn't know exactly what I, what I wanted to do in the Navy. At first I thought I wanted to uh, be on submarines and then I thought I wanted to drive ships. And, and once I got into aviation, um, you have opportunities to fly in airplanes. And once I got into aviation, I decided that was something I really wanted to do. At the time, my um, the Navy required that you have 2020 uncorrected vision, at, and I didn't have that, so I couldn't become a pilot. But since then, they've changed the rules where you can have corrective eye surgery and, and things like that um, to become a pilot. But I just love the love the community and and um, being deployed on an aircraft carrier is 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 it's a moving city with about 5,500 people, and uh, everything you need is pretty much on board and. And uh, I know it's changed a little bit uh, since I've been there, but um, but it was just the camaraderie, uh, the friends that you make, and the experiences you have are are pretty unique. Wow, I love that. Um, and so six months on the International Space Station, <laughs> that is really like a wow. So how did that happen? Like, how do you go from you know being in the class? How do you go from there to getting a gig on the space station? So um, it just did that when I was first selected, um, we thought that we would be kind of like the first class to be building space station, but it was delayed uh, somewhat. And the space station, first part of space station really didn't go up to, if I remember my history till I think in 97, uh, late nineties. And so um, we, you know, initially when we were selected, we trained to to uh, fly in the space shuttle, and that's all I did for pretty much the first uh, six years that I was at NASA. And then we started um, the program changed somewhat. Um, we became partners um, uh, with the Russians and and other uh, international um, partners, and um, then we started. And it was just something that I was asked 
asked, uh, I was asked by the chief of the astronaut office, to, is this something that you want to do? And, uh, and I decided, yes. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was still in its infancy. I mean, this was before any parts were even, were probably even produced yet. And, uh, so we started training over in Russia, the training, uh, since Russia was one of the primary partners, um, we started uh, spending anywhere from six to eight weeks uh, training outside of Moscow in a, a city called Zvyozny Garodok, which means Star City in Russian. So Yagavru Paruski, I speak Russian. Um, and, um, and that was difficult for any of the, the, the kids out there. If you have the opportunity to learn another language, do it early, because if you wait until you're 30 or 40, it's a lot harder. Um, but, um, and that's one thing I do want to mention about um, international programs and especially uh, space is that, I mean, our relationship with the Russians right now is probably the, the worst it's, it's ever been because of all the things that are going, going on in the world, especially in Ukraine. And, sure. But I think when you, when you partner with uh, other countries in space, you focus on one prime uh, mission, and that's flying safely in space. And, and we can do that, and we're able to look beyond the politics and other things that are, that are going on in the planet uh, to fly in space. And I really do, I mean, I, I share a lot of common uh, goals with, with the, uh, at least the Russians uh, that I flew with. So, and the training for that, was it, I'm going to assume it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was, I would say not one thing was any, uh, was, was that difficult, but when you're, when you're training to be an astronaut and especially uh, for a long duration mission, you, you kind you have to learn to kind of be a Jack or Jill of all trades. Um, we are, there's, you can't, you can't just, um, log into Amazon, order, th- order any f- new part that you need. Um, if things break up there, you have to fix it. Um, believe me, if the toilet breaks, that's the number one priority. And, and we focus all of our attention on, on fixing uh, the toilet. Um, but you're, you're the fix-it person up there. Occasionally, you, you get to go outside on a spacewalk. Uh, they call it a spacewalk, but it really is a space float. But um, so you have to do that. You're the repair person. You're, you're the people operating uh, the experiments that are up there anywhere from uh, it, it could vary from glove box experiments to experiments that, that you're you yourself, you're the test subject. Um, and uh, and also you have to be somewhat they, they trained us to basically be um, uh, to be paramedics. I, I'm, I'm nowhere near qualified to be a paramedic, but they trained us in certain things as to, to uh, put in IVs and, and to give injections of Novocaine if, if somebody had some pain up there and um, tooth pain and, and things like that. So we were, we were the, we were the uh, medical people up there as well. Wow. And, you know, now being on the other side of that experience, what, is it, what does it feel like to kind of look back on that and think, wow, I did that. I saw the earth from outer space. It must be kind of surreal. Yeah, it does. There are there are times that uh, it doesn't happen as often anymore. But uh, but I do have dreams where where I where I am floating somewhere, whether it's in space or uh, on space station or some other spacecraft. And and um, it is even when I was up there, uh, we would 
we would have to kind of pinch ourselves to believe that we were really up there traveling around the, the earth at 17,500 miles an hour, and the equivalent of about five miles a second. And um, the earth is just, is, is a beautiful place. I mean, uh, one of our favorite pastimes was looking out the window and uh, because the, the planet earth is basically rotating underneath us and we're in, we're orbiting around it. And we orbit relatively close. The Earth's diameter is about 7,000 miles, and we orbit at about 200 miles. So we're kind of skimming over the surface of the planet. And um, uh, there are some challenges, though, that I would say a lot of the challenges are, are psychological. You're somewhat isolated. Uh, when I was up there, we were, we were in the same can, about 1,500 square feet equivalent, um, uh, with two other people, with uh, three three of us in total, and um, and that can be challenging. I tell people to think about the first time they had roommates, and you thought you really got along, and just wait a, a few weeks or months. So yeah, like the toothpaste cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, and and one of the important I I, I knew you're probably going to ask about at some point, but um, we were able to bring up hobbies for the um, long duration mission is much different. It's kind of like a marathon versus a sprint. The shuttle missions are 10, 11 days long and they're, they're more of a sprint. So we were able to bring up a hobby. And one of the things that I started doing once I, when I started traveling to Russia in the, um, uh, in the uh, uh, late nineties uh, or mid nineties, I started to uh, um, uh, weave baskets. I think the first basket I made was in 1995 because my mother had never gotten a, a light chip basket. So I made her one, got help from a lot of people, a lot of the weavers on Nantucket, including Dick Safranic. I think, unfortunately he's passed away, but still have some other uh, friends that weave there, Kathleen Myers and, and uh, Nat Plank and Nat was especially helpful with um, uh, teaching me, and uh, some of the tricks in making miniature baskets. So I was able to bring uh, some small baskets and or the kits basically to, to make those while I was um, on space station. That's uh, frankly unbelievable and so <laughs> very uh, cool. Um, and, you know, I'm assuming you still have these little Nantucket light ship baskets. Yes. Yeah, I do. I made, I made some, uh, I'm trying to think about how many total pairs I made, I think, or sets. So I made, um, I'll show them here. I know they won't be able to see them on, on the radio, but they're basically a nest of, of three oval baskets. And this is a set that I made on Space Station. And, and Yuri, Yuri had a special stamp. You really can't see it on the bottom there. but um, So it was a stamp that, that was only on Space Station. And uh, before we came home, he actually destroyed the stamp. So it was actual certified as, as being on Space Station. And um, so I made a, about a, a dozen sets and um, it basically gave them away to, um, uh, to my immediate family and, uh, and, and um, uh, my kids. So they all have a set. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the Russians knew about Nantucket. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever I, uh, I would tell our commander, Yuri Onofrienko, or Yuri is actually, he's a Ukrainian. He would actually correct people when, when uh, if he was introduced as a Russian cosmonaut, he would say he's Ukrainian. And um, but Yuri was a great guy. And, and he um, uh, he went once he knew the, the sites that I wanted to see uh, on the ground. He had flown on the Mir space station before and he knew the planet pretty well. And 
and realized on certain orbits when we'd be going over. We also uh, had a, an application we could use similar to Google Earth that could tell us when we'd pass over. That's very cool. Well, if you have been listening to me, I have had the great pleasure of speaking with Captain Dan Birch, who is a reform, who is a former naval flight officer and an astronaut. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Dan, you can tune in next week on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. to the Mariah Mitchell Speaker Series, which is on Zoom at mariahmitchell.org. So thanks for joining us, Dan. Yeah, so thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Joanna. I, I look forward to hearing some more of your story on Wednesday night. Sounds good. All right. I'm Joanna Roach. You've been listening to The Nature of Nantucket. Have a great day. <laughs>